Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. All right, welcome in to another rousing edition of Libservative as Corey Walsh, uh, if you're watching live across from me, just downs a, be- <laughs> a beer. The queen died today, Dan. Oh, did she? Yeah. It's a tragic. All of her great movies she was in, <laughs> the music she made. It's a tragic day. It is. R.I.P. Queen Latifah. <laughs> <laughs> That joke didn't go over as well as you'd hoped, did it? No, I was hoping you'd say something like, well, you know, it's not that queen, Corey. And I'd be like, oh, oh well. I just couldn't. Thank God. I just could not partake in that nonsense. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I wouldn't partake in your uh, fuck, Mary kill of basements the other week. So. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. I have cleaned up Fauci's basement quite well. Although I did forget if you, you know, if you look off to my right, I did forget to put the fucking dehumidifier away today. So that's going to be in the, in the shot for the rest of this show. So congratulations to everybody who gets to it see. It looks like a giant uh, Xbox. It's like a deep dive into my wet basement. Here we are. <laughs> what are you drinking tonight, Corey? I got some Dos Equis. Oh, and some Basil Hayden. You still have some left after that? Yeah, some. Uh, I'm going with a uh, I'm going with a, a wild turkey old fashioned this evening. I decided to get a little fancier to to uh, send send off the queen to her eternal resting place <laughs> with some American wild turkey. <laughs> Shows you how much you respect that woman. It is the barrel proof rye. I mean, I think she would appreciate that. Was it the queen? Oh, oh, thank God. Wasn't uh, was, isn't wasn't the Queen's beverage uh, 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 a drop of brandy before bed? I don't know shit my, about the Queen to be hundred percent. My understanding is that she's a pretty heavy drinker. <laughs> Good for her. Look at that. Kept her up. Kept her until she was ninety six years old. I'm probably disparaging her. I don't think she was a heavy. drinker. What else would you do in Britain? Food's what? terrible. The weather sucks. I don't. I don't think she. I don't think she was a heavy drinker as much as she's one of those people that like. Always had to have a glass of wine with dinner and always had to have brandy before she went to bed, which is okay. I don't think that makes you a heavy drinker, but it does make you kind of sound like an alcoholic. Less drinking than you or I do. Why do I know this much about the Queen? I don't know. I did watch The Crown. Oh, yeah. I didn't even watch that shit. You know what? It's It's not a bad show. Like... Like, I have sympathy. I know that there's millions of people that are bummed out that this icon who is the face of your country died after being that f- that fixture for 70 years so it's like you know that sucks but i just i never followed the royal family i was too young for princess diana's debacle i don't it's like like i said you're before the on the show i guess it's, you're uh, very it's american you just don't give a fuck I, you know, <laughs> well we told them brits yeah. what we think in 1776 them imperialist fuckers no, but like I was saying to you on the show, like on a more serious note, uh, it's interesting to see that people who are so protected from the day-to-day struggles that people like us face 
And like, they've never had a hard day in their life other than like a death. It's the like death. It's weird how death is the only thing. It's like the ultimate leveler. Because no matter how rich you are, how big you are, you get put six feet under at the end of the day. Well, I mean, it's- and that those emotions that they all feel are just as real as emotions any of us would feel when someone would die. And that's like the only connection we have with people like that. It's relative, right? I mean, they have like I don't, I don't mean to sound like I sound like a fucking like like a monarch apologist here, but it's like uh, fucking Tory. But it no, but it's no, more like Piers Morgan. Uh, <laughs> he's a he's a monarchist. Uh, but yeah, it's like when you look at like their their lifestyle as royals would you ever want that lifestyle like yeah you'll take the money and know that you're never going to be broke or poor or starving but my god that life seems like it sucks right <laughs> it's like, it seems being, like yeah. It'd be horrible yeah no thanks I'm it's out. funny too like uh like how some people just don't give a f- like how like it's just people are either genuinely upset and bummed or they really don't give a fuck yeah and it's just funny, like how savage the internet is. I saw someone post on the internet already, like, "Oh, hey, the windbag died," and everyone was like, "Holy shit!" And like, I had a couple laugh reacts and like one angry react. And my thing immediately had to jump in and was like, "All right, who's the loyalist?" I mean, <laughs> because the angry reacted. I was like, "All right, who's who's the uh, it was the crown humper? It was Piers Morgan." <laughs> I, dude, I sit here and I go, I mean, honestly, like. When somebody's 96 and they die, you know, I mean, except like Betty White was like the only one that I was like, well, that's kind of sad because it's fucking Betty White. But other than that, it's like, that was your queen. They, when they start to get that old, it's like, mm, I mean, well, it's it's interesting because of the, uh, <coughs> the, the fact that she was like one of the last living links to, uh, like you mentioned this in the text earlier, she was one of the last living links to like the whole FDR Stalin, World War II, post-war era she was she so she was the only one left uh longest sitting monarch and like it's really funny because you know from an american perspective like we like to shit on the on the on the monarchs right what is uh frank dremen the the best damn cop out there in the entire world Uh, detective frank dremen from police squad he said it doesn't matter how silly the idea of a queen is to us we will definitely give her the, as much respect and hospitality as we can. Yeah, she was. She's a. She's just. She, he was a damn good cop, Dan. Well, he was a damn good cop. She was an interesting, uh, just an interesting figure, right? Like, because I mean, I guess the way I look at it is like, like you, like you, you and I being history buffs. Like, I look at her from like a historical perspective, and like being on the throne for seventy years and being that connection to you know uh the the greatest generation and and the leaders from that era that didn't that don't exist anymore but also uh you know she she did for as much shit as she gets and for as much uh shit as uh people give uh just the monarchs in general or the royal family in general about how they're basically just glorified mascots for England and i guess you can say that at this point but um she was the one that like made that happen you know she was the one that kind of like that that took the monarchy and like made it kind of sit back, uh, and and a little bit more than um it had than, than it had in the past. So and she you know she also right. feminized it whatever as far as uh and she um, wasn't a polarizing figure. Her family was yeah intentionally, but she, but she uh you know she also made it so that now it's I think it's the oldest living or the oldest child uh is the heir to the throne. It doesn't have to be necessarily doesn't, doesn't have to be a boy anymore. Oh, he's uh, King Charles now. 
Well, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm talking about going forward, right? So I think there's like four men in succession now. I don't really care. But like if a girl yeah. is the oldest one left, then... Uh... Yeah, I was reading. So I've, I've learned the most about her in the last like five minutes, just doing some <laughs> little show prep before we started. And like I was reading some stuff and like how after World War II, when they went from a like an imperial colonizing nation of Great Britain to a more modernized, multicultural, globalized country... One of the things she did when she was the queen was she visited Ghana. And when she was visiting Ghana, she actually danced with the king of Ghana, who was a black guy. And they had their arms like embraced. Mm -hmm. And when this was happening, fucking U.S. still had segregation. Get that man away from the queen. (laughs) The queen. (laughs) My God. I I say. she, he can't keep touching her like uh, that. Oh, he's going to rub his blackness off on her. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to give her a major bath after this. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Can you imagine what people were saying? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I mean, that's one of the things about her raid, too. Like, how, is the royal family still racist? Like, those those weird things would come out in the tabloids now and again, whatever. I honestly, like, we just had to, we had, we had to pay our respects. She did die today, so it's fresh in the news. Yeah, so. yeah. Like, I'll like, raise a glass like to the queen. Yeah, I'll raise a glass to the queen. To the queen. I guess I should sip it too. We always do your pinky up. Oh, oh! Don't dare you drink that beverage in that barbaric fashion. But uh, but yeah. So it's like I personally have no emotional attachment to the queen, but I know that it's a big story, and I definitely have sympathy for the millions of people who will be affected by this. For the royal family, especially the recent queen and new king, have some actual duties and responsibilities, but they don't run the entirety of the government, so they did have some purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was I was reading about that just now, too. They had, like, huge sway on, like, different laws and legislation. Like, they had their opinion was very, very... Uh, and I mean, I don't, I don't know that much about, um, uh, I don't know that much influence. about, I don't know that much about British law, but I'm pretty sure the monarch is still. Te- I don't either. Is, is still Two the, American boys over here. But I think the monarch's still technically the commander in chief of the military. And correct me if I'm yeah, wrong. Kind of, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's just it's not voted in. It's just there. It's a anyway, lineage thing. To the queen. But thanks for joining the show, friends. Yeah, you know. We'll uh, uh, before we dive too much into the weeds, I will read off our little tagline mm. thing. Oh, mm, yes. Observative podcast. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to read it like that. Please don't. Observative podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is podgepage.com slash observative. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. And you can find our transcript, well, our monologues at Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. And our TikToks, you know, we've been doing piss poor at those, but me and Dan actually on Tuesday were talking about coming up with a bunch of little skits and stuff. So be on the lookout yes, for that in uh, a year. Let the let the, <laughs> let the Chinese spy on us with that goofy yep. app. Uh, and they saw it videos and they're like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Big news out of the weekend, Corey. Hail Dark Brandon. Check out that banner. <laughs> Um, so my monologue actually has to deal with this. Well, I mean, hey, like everybody's, uh, I think everybody's pretty familiar with the situation. He, he gave a, a really, really cringeworthy speech 
uh, Joe Biden did in Phil. It was Philly this time, right? Because uh, he gave yeah, that, he gave that stupid he gave that stupid Philly. speech in in Wilkesbury last week, and then there, and then there was this one. And I just I have to know whose fucking dumb idea was it for them to like put him up in front of like this backdrop of like dark red ominous lighting with with, the, with military figures in the back behind him, like. Is like it, it was. Is this out of the movie? Is this out of a movie? Oh, the, yeah, the, the Force Awakens, the Jesus Star Wars movie. That's what everyone's posting it to. He's embracing the dark Brandon. Um, <clears throat> but it's uh, it was it's interesting because like the idea of everyone freaking out about it, like it's just it's just as dumb as Trump's rallies when he did that shit. And uh, I just think the uh, the um the the world is ending like way people are acting about it is just silly because we saw it with trump for four years so i guess you want me to just uh uh you want me to just read my monologue real quick sure okay because it's about this so i so it's titled y'all a bunch of goddamn idiots (laughs) quoted by uh god probably hey i've seen this one before Words uttered by a minor who was seduced by a man four times his age to fuck around with the time-space continuum and be thrusted back 30 years into the past where his very existence is at stake while he avoids an incestuous, complicated relationship with his prom date mom. If you don't know what movie I'm talking about, it or talking about, don't look it up based on that description. <clears throat> but I, too, have seen this one before. A short two and a half years ago, I heard a collective of half the country regurgitating the same lines we hear today. Democracy is at stake. Or their supporters are terrorists. Another good one. They're fascists. And my favorite, the man is literal Hitler. Full disclosure, I felt those phrases. I posted, tweeted, and screamed all these things four years ago. Our younger Corey still being wet behind the ears in the political sphere, it all felt chaotic. It was chaotic. Trump, it felt that he was the exact opposite of what seemed to be business as usual. I mean, I wanted change, but not that change. The attack on him was so polished, rehearsed, and recited from so from so many different outlets <clears throat> that he had n- that he had to not just be a terrible that he had to not just be terrible like the rest of them. He must have been abnormally terrible. Were they right? To an extent, he is a terrible human being. In his personal life and his milk toast policies of cucking to his rich friends under the guise of populism at the expense of his devout followers, he so massively conned. For example. His campaign manager, as I'm typing this, is being indicted on money laundering schemes from taking money from Trump supporters for some wall he never built. Diehard trumpets, of course, will explain that away, but I personally don't waste time in that trench anymore. And you shouldn't either. Go ahead and redirect the conversation into a class issue. It makes that conversation so much more pleasant. An attack as precise and as focused as as that, though, only springs a counteroffensive just as brutal, reciprocative, and uniform and that's where we're here, and that's where we are today. Today, the internet is filled with images of Biden with the red backdrop and Marines behind him in one frame next to Hitler with the crimson backdrops and brown shirts behind him. Four years ago, we saw images of Trump at a rally speech with tanks behind him, or Air Force One, coupled with images of Stalin and Mussolini. Today, Biden is a senile, dimension-ridden buffoon bumbling around the White House while at the same time behind the scenes setting the stage for some fascist takeover. Four years ago, Trump was the Cheeto-in-Chief, an idiot bragging about his unfounded IQ numbers, bumbling around the White House, tweeting about it with his greasy McDonald's fingers, while at the same time colluding with Russia for some fascist takeover. 
both with divisive rhetoric, both serving big donors, both expanding executive and federal power, both in the in a tailspin of setting terrible precedents, yet both sides still lapping it up like they were in some Groundhog's Day type movie nightmare. If we the people only came to realization of the mass manipulation prescri- prescribed to us on the daily, we could cut through the bullshit and see some real everlasting change. If we decided to spend our time on pragmatic improvements to our daily lives in lieu of falling for the gilded shit we've been peddled in a red pill, blue pill type fashion, we might actually get somewhere. Until then, the world will keep laughing, whether it's Trump in office or Biden, because they don't give a shit about our privileged, trivial party ideologies. They've seen this one before. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a lot in our... uh our 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 show prep meeting on Tuesday about the just the the unbelievable similarities and what's what's really funny is you know you had mentioned in your monologue the 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 part about how uh Trump was both a bumbling idiot going around the white house with uh greasy McDonald's fingers as you put it but yet he was also this unbelievable threat to democracy and you know all these things, and it's it's the same it's the same thing with Biden. He, one day he's a, a, a dementia uh, laden idiot who is going to keel over and die tomorrow, and then after this speech, now all of a sudden he's the you know he's he's the fascist dictator. And the and the thing is, the the, the rhetoric is so it's it's exactly the same, right? When like the way Biden talks about MAGA Republicans, it's like what are, what is he doing there? What is what is his administration and what are his followers doing there? You're trying you're, you're you're marginalizing people. And what happens when you marginalize people? You then Oh, you wanted an answer. Oh, you know, sorry. I mean, do you, do you have the correct answer? I'm pretty sure you know this one. What happened what happens after you what happens after marginalization? The answer if you is you segment and marginalize enough people then they lose all the power because they're all fighting each other and not fighting the power at hand. Well, after marginalization comes dehumanization, right? Like that that okay, pers- that, that person too. over there is not no longer a human, so you don't have to treat them as a human anymore. I mean, th- these are these are tactics that Trump and and Biden now have have each used in their own right that are you know actually pretty similar to Nazi Germany in that way. I don't right, one just one does it in the cadence to the voice of JFK, and the other one does it in a cadence like he thinks he's Frank Sinatra in a nightclub. <laughs> Look, I think I, that's the only difference. I have enough faith in our democracy that it won't go that far, but it doesn't mean that the I think the Democrats do too, Dan, because if they really thought that Trump and the mega people were a serious threat to democracy, they wouldn't be spending forty million dollars back in their fucking campaign people. And and yeah, and that's just it too. And that's how you know it's it, that's how you know it's show. Like the, the class issue that you brought up in, in your monologue. Like these these are the ways to keep us fighting with each other. As They're just distractions. Just to keep it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was explaining this to a buddy in text earlier. Actually, I said, you know, it's like I was talking about a little bit about how I'm writing this monologue about this, and I was like, dude, I'm like, I don't know why, but as soon as I stopped paying attention to that distraction shit, I started paying attention to the real politics and let that stuff be just that—a distraction to other people. And you get into the meat of it; it's it's more interesting to me because then you can see the inner workings of them pulling that shit off. It's like almost looking behind a curtain. And knowing a magician's tricks. And then you don't waste time arguing about this bullshit. And you can sit there and spend time and thought and meditate on like ways to make the country better and how to converse those and express those ideas to other friends and people to better the country instead of trying to fight over whether or not Trump 
it has a piss tape. Yeah, and I, I think, <laughs> right? I think there's there's something to be said for the to the to the idea that like the Biden administration, in a weird way, especially after these last two speeches, which were, you know, strange, it's strange even for Joe Biden. I, I would say, you know, in some ways, a little out of character. And I thought about it, and I went. Is are they like embracing Trumpism? Like, did they realize how easy it was to distract the public just using Trumpism, either for better or worse, for for people oh, they that love support it. Trump it, or people like, that are against it? That's all we're talking about now. When's the last time you heard anything about inflation or like any of the bills or the unions or anything like that? As soon as Trump walks into the scene, it's just he steals the show. Well, I mean, other than like in passing. By people like Lindsey Graham that are like, oh yeah, inflation is still really high, so we need to get. Oh well, yeah, like well, <laughs> the establishment Democrats like McConnell and Lindsey Graham are they see the polls dipping as soon as it went to Trump that they're trying to bring back what was keeping them their numbers up and Biden's numbers down, but Trump showed up. All the money is going to him and his war chest. All of his people he's endorsed. They're floundering because none of them have money or know how to run campaigns because they're all just loud talking heads on the internet. I don't know how to run campaigns. And yeah, I mean, and now that it's just strictly on Trump. Yeah, he's got a huge boon in his campaign money, but no one else is. Do you? They're not donating to the GOP. They're donating to Trump. Do you, do you have any fear over where this this type of uh, of rhetoric could lead? Because like the one thing that, that scares the shit out of me is, is this, you know, idea of labeling your fellow country people, your fellow citizens, whatever you want to call them, the people that, you know, your constituents, the people that you live with on a day-to-day basis, if you're just a, a regular person like you and me or, or you're a politician, I have a real hard time with the idea of labeling them domestic terrorists, which I, th- if I remember correctly from Biden's speech, because I fell asleep in the middle of it, as I'm pretty sure Joe did himself, uh, I don't think he went as far as to say that they were domestic terrorists, but like you can tell that's where this that's where this rhetoric leads. Or do you have enough faith in the American people to go this is bullshit, kind of like what we saw with the truckers in Canada. Um we know this isn't real. Um I mean I like the way that the that the that the issue with the truckers ended, you know, with a with what I was able to see as the majority you know, calling out the the state and the and the state me- state sponsored media, which let's be honest, that's what Canada has, uh, right? And calling them out for their bullshit and going, no, that's not what these people are. I'm I'm pretty uh, happy with the way that that ended, but it's just like how many times, like if they just keep beating that into the ground, like how how long before we just either get sick of it and walk away, or we get beaten into the ground. I don't know. I feel like this is, I think, hmm. I'm trying, like, when you take, so the, what I'm picturing is like a, a metaphor here is like, you know, when you have like that little thing that you see on people's desks where they take the ball and they let the ball go and it comes and smacks into the other balls and then the one at the end goes yeah, up and New- then it comes Newton's, down. Newton's balls. Yeah, Newton's balls. You ever play Newton's balls, Dan? Yeah. Many <laughs> times I've played Newton's balls. <laughs> um, Trump pulled that thing way the fuck up here and let it go. So now the inertia of that went way up here and let, and then 
uh, Biden's up here and he's coming back and now it's smacking back. I think that the energy behind this that is being propagated by two old fucks that are going to end up in a six foot plot like the queen. Uh, soon. Soon. Um, that this divisiveness, it will like simmer down. Like, look how much simmer it was before Trump just stepped in. That's only uh, that one trick pony is only going to be last so long. His numbers still aren't nearly as high as they were like 2016. They've just been dwindling down. More people are stepping away from him. Right. But you're not stepping to Biden. So everyone thinks that it's terrible because Biden's not picking up those numbers. Yeah. You also have, you know, Trump coming in. In, in, a, in a strange way, whether you like it or not, I, I don't really care how much you hate him because I know I do, but in, in, a, in a strange way, Trump really did wake up the nation. You know, and you and I and you and I have talked about that. Oh yeah, you know, he's the reason why I started paying attention to politics. Not not I mean that, not, Bernie, but like that election year was the year that made me pay attention and a lot of people are paying attention. So I think like a lot of uh the craziness we are seeing too is a result of him making everyone pay attention to where everyone, every one of us is on our own little journey. Like you and I are individually, we end up meeting each other because of politics, Mm -hmm. but everyone's on their own little journey of recalibrating what they think about it. And I think a lot of people are going the right direction as evidenced by the polarized news outlets, losing numbers by as evidenced by every single, every single time there's a poll about the two parties or a third option. Everyone wants a third option, right? It's just, we're just stuck right now with the two. Yeah, it's it's that's what you know. That's what drives you and I nuts about the establishment. I, I think I can speak for you on this, which is like when I say Trump woke up the nation. What I really mean is, uh, you know, if you if you have a situation where your establishment is so bad and so and and even kind of sneaky and quiet about it like, like i think i think you could say about the obama administration or even if it's you know overt like the bush administration when you when you have an admin, when you have a um uh an, an establishment that's so bad to the point where you elect a fucking game show host a a pig of a human being maybe instead of shitting on that look internally a little bit right like right? how did like how did we like, how did we get situation here where someone like that wins yeah exactly i was thinking about this the other day actually and i think like if you could i, I love using just metaphors and parables they call me jesus himself mm-hmm. and uh you got the beard for so it. i what'd you say okay <laughs> what'd you say you got the beard for it <laughs> and uh so what i was thinking the other day was like uh what Trump essentially did is he walked into a nightclub at 1.50 a.m., you know, unless you're like somewhere where they're open till 4, then 3.50, you know, 10 minutes before closing time. And everyone's just wasted. Everyone is beautiful. The place looks great. And then someone turns on the coined ugly lights. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you see how dirty and dingy the places from everyone drinking and fucking around and literally fucking all night all over the place (laughs) the girl or the guy or the transgender whoever you're there trying to score with that night uh is across from you and they're not looking nearly as pretty as they were just 20 seconds ago and you're like what's what 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 the fuck's going on (laughs) 
you know, and you're trying to get your bearings because everything was just revealed. And you and want now, and you want to get mad at the person who flipped on the lights at first because everything was just peachy keen like, when those lights were off. Oh yeah, the bar, every yeah. time you're in a bar and the ugly lights get turned on, everyone boo. And that's what Trump did, like it or not, he flipped the lights on in, in one right, way or another. So now, so now what you do is when you were there in the first place to score. So for the American people to score is to fucking make the country better. You're going to try to. Oh no, man! I lost. I lost my parable. How do I how do I cross that bridge? Uh, well, so, well, back then it was it was the the way America scored was by murdering brown people in the Middle East and pretending like it wasn't happened so we could get really cheap oil. That was the Amer- off, that was America yeah, scoring. Yeah, yeah. When the lights were still off. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, but like you know what I mean. So like it's like when you first get woken up out of a dream, like a cool dream, you're like you're like well, what the fuck's going on? And like it takes a while to wake up and it takes a while to, to exit the club when you're fucking hammered. <laughs> and so. I think that's where we're at. Everyone's exiting that fucking mess in one group and everyone's drunk stumbling into the street trying to get their bearings, figure out what the fuck's going on. And then eventually we're all going to figure it out and then everyone's going to have their logistics and get their Uber rides home and people are going to score and everyone's going to be happy. But in that little 15 minutes, it's a fucking shit show. Yeah, I mean, I hope we have uh, we uh, we can have enough faith in our institutions to where... <laughs> Let me have my opinions! <laughs> yeah, I love the name. Saying Biden is a, is a tyrant. I mean, I think that's a bit of a hyperbolic statement. However... Uh, yeah, it's it's a little bit of what we're talking about. At least, yeah, basically, yeah, it's basically what we're talking about. Yeah, he's, he's a tyrant, sure. No least, better or no worse than Trump. Yeah, it's Trump was a tyrant, no better or no worse than any of the previous establishments. They're, the they're all they there always, to cuck to their rich friends, and yeah, they all work for the same people. So fuck and you and I over. That's what we need to train. That's, the reason why they didn't like Trump though is because he said things you weren't supposed to say. Yeah, that's that's a that's a Jimmy Dore quote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Jimmy Dore. Yeah, Trump was an idiot, and he just come out and just say things like, "What would you say? You don't think we kill people too?" And yeah. I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah, <laughs> it's, the good what's, guys. what's Jimmy? What's Jimmy Dore's joke? Uh, the, the reason the establishment hates uh, hate, hated Donald Trump is because as, as much as he was a bumbling idiot and a, a horrible buffoon and a terrible human being and a bad leader, the reason they actually hated him is because uh, he accidentally said the told the truth sometimes. <laughs> yeah, he told the truth in all the wrong moments. Yeah, he accidentally told the truth sometimes in a really clunky way. Uh, yeah, speaking of Trump, should we move on to that? On oh, the DOJ? Yeah, what I gotta I find it here. The, uh... There you go. Very special masturbating snowflakes. Uh, look, look. This is like this Mar-a-Lago thing is. Uh, we, we've we've tried to steer away from it, but I kind of feel like this is this is kind of important because Did you say something about a uh, hyperbole. Hyperbole? Oh yeah, it's already past that. <laughs> he thinks you're upset at him. No, I'm not upset. <laughs> <laughs> when you 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 are allowed to have your opinions. Uh, anyway. This ain't no echo chamber. No. Um, yeah, I mean, people scream. <laughs> Dan, say, read that banner off for me. A very special masturbating snowflakes? Or did I put I the emphasis on the wrong word? Yep. Did I put the emphasis on the wrong word there? A very special masturbating snowflakes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the reason I think... I'm so dumb. The reason I think this is kind of a big deal is like... I mean, how big of a deal is it really? I, I guess we'll find out, you know, in the future. Now we've now we've got the stuff coming out today about how um, was it today or yesterday about how uh, Trump had uh, a, a, an, was it an ally or or another nation's uh, uh, some quote unquote nuclear secrets. Uh, 
in in the uh, the files that were taken from from Mar-a-Lago, and I look at that and I go, okay, if that's true, you know, it's it's kind of a big deal. But the problem I have with it is the same problem I had with this whole thing from the very beginning, which is like what you get in these news stories is. These things are so classified, even the FBI can't look at them. And it's like, how do you convince the American people that, and obviously we've already talked about how there's certain percentages of either side that you're never going to convince based, based, on the, based on an actual outcome in, in, the, in the first place. But how do you convince the American people that this is real when all you get to do is just keep saying, these documents are so classified, we can't even know what they are. And it's like, it took us two years to get them. And we're just, we're supposed to just, we're supposed to just take your word for it. We're, we're supposed to just, after the FBI multiple times now has shown us that they're utterly untrustworthy. And I can't remember what the Gallup poll said, but a, a, a significant amount of Americans don't trust the FBI anymore. And it doesn't really have anything to do with based on who you vote for. Right, and that goes back to last week when we were talking about the DOJ realizes that uh, they realize that they're so fucking untrustworthy that they're uh, making different choices. You know, I mean, not different choices. They're they're trying to say, well, we need to be more transparent and not be so political. I mean, great. Those are words. Right. <laughs> you know, like words. Words are a lot of what a lot of what got us into this mess. So it's like, you know, the nuclear secrets thing. That's the thing is like I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised, you know what I mean? And and it's like we said at the beginning, you know, I hope they actually find something, but they have to be able to actually prove that they found something. They can't just say that they found something and then go, "Oh, it's too classified. We can't tell you what it well, was." Well, that's that's the thing too is they've dragged their own name to the mud so much that at this point even if they did find something, everyone's going to side eye it like, "Ah, oh, really? Did you really find it?" <laughs> and that's why I think the special master might actually be a good thing. You see people on the left just because like these people want to see Trump go down so bad that like a special master might uh, like delay that a couple months that they're all freaking out about it. Right. When it's like, no, this is how law and order works. We have all of these steps to protect people, whether you're a president or a individual citizen. Now he's getting a little bit of special treatment because I doubt it. I would get a special master. The special master. And then he got it one never access a top secret documents that right. I would take home. The special master thing is it's it's really unprecedented and um a lot of people in the DOJ don't think it's going to hold up. I, I mean I, I don't know. We'll see what happens when when it comes to that. Um but when I look at it I go you know they they just they have to get this right. Like they, they like at this point like if you want to say that the DOJ kind of jumped the gun and and you know you know a lot of people calling it a fishing expedition like I don't really have I, I tend to believe that's more of what it was, but I, I'm not that opinionated on it. Right. Um, it's a fishing expedition. They're treating like that's where like it frustrates me is they're treating Trump like a mob boss. Yeah, and and so I mean, all the special master is really supposed to do, I guess, is is just basically sift through the documents and take out anything that might be privilege, like attorney-client privilege or whatever, um, to basically prevent the DOJ from leaking any of it. Which would you put that past them? I certainly would not, because we've seen how politicized it really is. So, I think that's. <clears throat> I think it, I think it's okay in that in in that in that way. I, I don't think it's going to end up making a huge difference, um, but I don't I don't think that throwing a fit about a judge saying that a special master gets to go through these documents is really the hill that people that want to see Trump go down should should be willing to die on. I think you just kind of let it play out and because that's the thing is like <clears throat> the people that want to see Trump go down are like they're so. 
they're so uh, just they they want to jump the gun on everything. You know, everything everything's bad. Oh my god, he had top secret documents and from the beginning, and we're like, okay, they're just they're top secret documents. Can we figure out what that means before we decide he needs to go to prison for fifty years? You know what I mean? Yeah, you, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, you, it's, you just you, you look like a, you look like a jerk when you when you behave that way. Right. Yeah. That's just it. Like I don't. We've we've expressed on this show plenty of times. Like we don't like Trump. All right. That doesn't mean we like Biden. Well, we definitely don't like Trump. I definitely don't like Biden. I don't think you do. No. I, it's funny because I think hatred uh, or hatred was uh, talking to you, not me. In this one, I'm a, I'm assuming uh, I'm assuming he's talking about Biden. I mean, either way, like if, if, whether he's talking about Biden, <laughs> it could be Biden talking, or Trump. That's what's funny. It's like, it could be Biden or Trump, <laughs> and, and, it doesn't, and it doesn't matter either way. I fucking agree. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe we did it either. What do you want, what do you want me to say? <laughs> but it happened, and that's what happens when you have a shitty bipolar party system. Um, but yeah, like I think Trump is a crook. I think he's a snake. Would I like to see him go down? Sure. Certainly a narcissist. But I want to see him go leader. down unequivocally to where everyone has to be like, well, fuck, yeah. <laughs> he fucked up. Not a six-year, you know, like, let's call it what he calls it, a witch hunt of just throwing everything at the wall to see what will stick, hoping that they get him to go down. But that's the thing. It's like, do, do, it do be like I, a milk toast thing? I'm with you. Do I want to see, would I love to see Trump go down? Of course I would. Do I want to see it happen? At the expense of the trust in every single established institution that we fucking have, absolutely not. I would uh, rather yeah, Trump I, I walk that away. Scene, I picture that scene of uh, SpongeBob and Patrick. I've brought this one up before in the episode when the fucking butterflies in the bubble chasing them around and they tear down the whole city, trying to tell people, causing a great a great panic, <laughs> telling everyone to run from this harmless thing. And then when everyone runs and the whole city's burnt down, SpongeBob looks at Patrick and goes, "We did it, Patrick! We saved the city!" And like a building's falling behind him as they say it. Yeah, and I'm like is that the expense that we're willing to go to to get Trump down? Literally burn down the whole fucking country? I mean, some people would say yes. <laughs> yeah, Bill Bill Maher said on fucking TV he'd be happy to see the economy collapse at the sake of taking Trump out. Dude, you we've you know who I've even lost respect for, and I never thought this would happen. Somebody we both uh, have loved philosophically for a long time, Sam Harris. Oh, really? I mean, you did you see what he said on uh, uh, what's that? What's that British podcast with the two guys? I can't remember what he said, but uh, or I can't remember which 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 one it was. Maybe somebody can help me out. But you know, he he basically said, you know, take Trump down at all costs. Essentially, is what Sam Harris said, which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. So I'll see if I can find it. But um, yeah, go ahead and find that because actually, I'm gonna share this. He goes. Uh, let me have my opinions. It's a new listener. I haven't seen his name before. So welcome to the show. He goes, I don't trust the establishment or our institutions anymore. I'll take Trump over them given the choice. Sorry. I know you guys are probably more pro establishment than I am, but the trust has been lost. So we don't like Trump. And the reason why I say that is because we believe that he is just as establishment as any of the rest of them. While he was saying things that he was against them, all he did was make tax breaks to help the rich he made exorbitant deals with the military industrial complex. He did tariffs, which hurt the working people, but help the big corporations that do offshore production work. He, all the regulations he tried to get rid of were all in the fucking terrible places, like in the Great Lakes, where he tried to get rid of things like that. Um, he was someone that we, that we were not a fan of, but just because we're not a fan of him does not mean we are pro-establishment whatsoever. 
we just recently were talking on our show about which which three letter alphabet institution we would like to de- demolish. We are so ridiculously getting rid of the over encroachment of the ex- executive branch. Uh, we think Congress and Constitution, everything should be voted for as our founding fathers intended. Bureaucrats are a cancer to this society, and so are lobbyists. And anyone that's involved in that deep, deep state of unelected appointees. So, I think we, I think I covered it pretty well. That no, we're not pro-establishment. <laughs> yeah, I can't find. I, I, I have a huge libertarian bent going right now. Yeah, Dan, who was a leftist, I think he has a pretty libertarian bent right now. I think he still considers himself left, but yeah, I mean, but not at not at the expense of you know every single. Uh, not, not, I'm not. I'm not a leftist at the expense of common sense, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. It's, it's, yeah. It's, You're a leftist in the sense that it's a class issue, not a identity politics issue. We are certainly, we are certainly not an establishment show. And I think that uh, the way that I would uh, counteract, uh, let me have my opinion statement about because I, I, I have this feeling that you, you have this belief that Trump is, is, is anti-establishment. And I realize that he kind of portrayed himself that way, uh, on the campaign trail. But if you really look at his presidency from 30,000 feet, you know, he really wasn't any different than the establishment other than the way he spoke. That, that was right. really about it. And what Hatrick said, actually, that Trump started no war. That is something that we have praised him that's a the lot other on thing. this show. That's the other thing that's, that's a little different. Not for lack of trying. We always have to add that little caveat. I mean, he did. He did. He did drone strike an enemy general. Yeah, like, very but easily. He also very easily created could have the huge. The what did he do? He brought in uh, that coalition of all those Middle East countries working together. He's done some things that don't get me wrong. You know, a broken clock is right twice a day. But would I vote for him the first time? I did it because I was definitely shielded by the mainstream media. The second time. No, he was just corrosive. He's just corrosive. Yeah. He's he's a corrosive figure for our country, just like an Anthony Fauci, you know, or you know, people like that that are just they're too polarizing. People at, either love them or hate them. At, and at, for the sake of people like you and me and Dan and everyone getting together collectively to work for a country to make us all better and be able to have jobs where we can work forty hours and have to rely on the government for shit. People like Trump ain't gonna make that happen. Yeah. At the people end, like Biden ain't gonna make that happen. At the end of the day, you know, Cuck still or Cuck, Trump still cucked out to Wall Street. I mean, you know, I mean, they're all he, he was paid by the same people. Is it, you know, it's not, you know, it's w- w- my respect for Trump lies in the fact that I think he, I think in some ways he did wake the country up. That's, I mean, that's it. And, and yeah, I'm, we talked I'm, about I'm, I'm going to portray that as a, as a as a as a good thing. I think he did it in a really. I think he could have. You know, I think he did it in his own his own Trumpian way. But I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, he he didn't drain the swamp, right? He still had all the same. He's, he, yeah, he said he's going to drain the swamp and brought yeah. it swamp, but then brought in people into his cabinet that were like CEOs and lobbyists of like big For Wall oil, Street, big just military, just like all the rest Street. of them. So, yeah. I mean, look. Um, but yeah, that's that's the biggest thing I'll give him credit for is getting everyone to pay attention to politics. Yeah, I don't know if we have anything else to discuss. That was a good conversation. I appreciate uh, and every, everybody I like that uh, was involved in there. Um, <laughs> Just curious, do you live better under Biden or Trump? <laughs> Economically, well, I, I yeah, was, my life was uh, financially better under Trump. I would, uh, I would we say didn't have eight eight percent inflation, but again, things like that go back to the when you want to dig into the weeds. Of the ten trillion dollars America printed in the last two years that caused us inflation, six point four trillion of it was uh it might even be more than that. But like 
six or seven trillion of it was done under Trump. Not to mention so the inflation that we're seeing now is some of that has to do with him. Artificially deflated interest rates. I mean, yeah, Trump has some responsibility for the economic hardships oh, yeah. that we have. They, right now. He backstacked his under his administration. The the stock market was backstopped twice with trillions and trillions of dollars. One time, not even talked about. The second time was when it collapsed during COVID. Yeah, it's Biden is not a good president, but. I'm not going to like, you know, like he's not a good president, but neither was Trump. And I didn't the, vote for either of the, them. The biggest, I voted third party both. The times, biggest so. issue with Biden was, isn't even necessarily getting us into financial trouble because you, because you, he's just not getting us out of it. He's not doing enough to get us out of it. That's exactly right. I mean, you can, you can put, you can put the financial, you can put inflation on both of those administrations for various reasons. Uh, but Biden's the one that can do more to do, to, to fix it now. And he's, quite frankly, just not doing it. In fact, uh, doing a little bit of the opposite. So, um, Can you address what I said about Trump trying to pull out of Syria and Afghanistan? Because you had top military brass admitting they lied to him about withdrawal. So he did try to battle the establishment. Right, but he's, um, the, right, but he's the commander-in-chief, and he didn't do it. I mean, that, that's all I would say. Yeah, he was in charge. He didn't do he, it. Uh, it's the same thing that happened with Obama. When you have these people come in who don't know much about foreign policy... These all these guys immediately come up to them and surround them, knowing how to give the same speech for the last twenty years and really how to butter a president up and and convince them that they know better to make these decisions. And then Biden did pull out of Afghanistan, and we all saw what happened there. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, like the Afghanistan thing. I'm not going to put that squarely on <coughs> squarely on Trump or Biden because that was a twenty year money laundering scheme in the making. Speaking of which, Ukraine. Uh, oh, Ukraine yeah. is that, is that, that do another money laundering? Scheme. Is that going to be is that going to be the next one? Because the the reason we we wanted to talk a little bit about Ukraine tonight was because of the protests uh, in the Czech Republic. Over yeah, so there's in Germany in the Czech Republic there seems to be a lot of protests uprising about their energy prices and the fact that they're going to have a very cold winter. Uh, so seventy thousand protesters. Uh, one was it. Earlier this week, I can't remember the exact day, uh, in Prague, uh, with anti-EU, anti-UN, and, and, and um, anti-NATO placards. And a lot of this was essentially over the fact that energy prices are rising in the Czech Republic and all throughout Europe at this point. Czechs were just the first ones uh, to get here. Uh, they're, basic, they're tired of anti-Russian sanctions. Um, and I think the bigger thing is, obviously, the energy prices, which I mentioned, but also the money and the weapons that continue to get pumped into Ukraine. So so what does this mean? First of all, I think this means we're going to see more of these throughout Europe, especially as we get closer Colder. especially as we get closer to winter. Um luckily Germany at this point's got most of their natural gas locked up for the season, but they're the only ones. And so, right, but that's those that's stuff to be rationed for the winter. Still, it still that's does. Not, You're right, but they yeah. have enough. They have like ninety percent of what they need uh, to comfortably make it through the winter. At least that was what I knew of as of last week or so. Um, yeah, but no, they were on track to get their uh, winter stockpiled up. I look at this, at, but the problem is at an exorbitant cost because usually they buy it in the summer when it's cheap mm -hmm. to mitigate costs in the wintertime. But because they had to buy it in the summertime, so expensive. They're looking at like 300% increases if that hasn't already started. But I know that the prices are about to get fucking insane for them. Mm. And they're going to get up for us too because we're helping uh, 
siphon we're siphoning off a bunch of our natural gas for them because we're a globalized economy and those are our nato allies yeah and probably not going to sell it at the proper price and a lot of people talk about the reserves and it's like we do have enough to be able to do this but the problem is it shouldn't be it shouldn't it shouldn't be necessary right because what do you keep hearing out of the biden administration or at least this is what you heard as of last week oh it's Putin's price hike it's uh, well not even just not even that like when's this war going to be over right because that's what you're seeing that's what you're seeing in the czech republic right now and you're Wait, real see- quick real quick let me have my opinions this is one thing i do have to uh uh correct he goes the left in the u.s went crazy and are super pro ukraine no that is the liberals mm-hmm. not the same not the same. If you meet a leftist and you meet a liberal, you'll know the difference. Because yeah, people, what you're talking about, people getting together over things like this, that's that's a leftist thing. They're about class. They're not about the identity shit. People people have this weird tendency to conflate, especially if you're not familiar with the political ideologies, they have this weird tendency to conflate Democrats, liberals, and leftists, and they are not the same thing. I don't think Corey and I have really enough time to explain the differences, but I think Corey gave you a brief synopsis right there. Um, yeah, yeah. You meet a leftist, they're like, yeah, I don't like Trump, but you know what? Fuck all that politics stuff. Do you have bread on your table? Let's yeah. work on that. Identity politics. <laughs> right, right. right. They, don't, they, don't take, they don't take a whole lot of part in that. But but what the Biden administration keeps keeps saying over and over again is this is, this is going to be up to Ukraine to end this war. And I look at this and I go, okay, you have all of all of NATO – in particular, the U.S. and Britain sending Ukraine money and weapons. Where have we seen this before? If I'm <laughs> Afghanistan, if, if I'm if I'm Zelensky, <laughs> if, Iraq, if I'm Zelensky, <laughs> if, if I'm Zelensky, I want this war to go on forever. You mean you're just going to keep sending me money and weapons till the end of time? Let's let's keep that going. It's interesting too because he admitted the only way this war is going to end is through diplomacy. But that ain't even going to be an option until well. Now that Boris Johnson is gone, now that that war hawk is gone, then we have the other, well. The other one's coming in is another conservative war hawk, so it'll probably keep going. But as long as you have these people coming into office in the U.S. and in the U.K. who's who Raytheon and General Dynamics and all them in their back pockets, this war is just going to keep going, dude. So much money going into Ukraine, and as soon as it passes that Polish border, poof, it's gone. Well, 70% of it. Thank God they're getting that 30% of all that stuff, though, because they need it. Yeah, and this is just one of those things for you know for the folks out there that like to call you and I and others leftists and right-wingers alike, uh, Putin, Putin apologists. It's like you, 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 can, you cannot condone what Putin did and yet still understand our part of our our part in the problem in the first place it's not right. it shouldn't be that difficult to see both things can be true and if you're going to have a good faith conversation about this at all you have to fucking admit that <laughs> you keep for it. the context damn it for the context damn it you can't it doesn't fit the narrative <laughs> read the polls jack read the polls jack <laughs> yeah no it's 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 frustrating What's going on there? And like when everyone goes, well, Putin is just the aggressor, and it's like, well, flip the script, put uh, put Russian nukes in Mexico. You'll see what happens. Yeah, and to be clear, even Yahoo News was saying these protests are are being performed by whom? At least, at least in the Czech leftists. Republic, leftists. They're fucking leftists. Yes, they are. Yeah, the goddamn leftists. 
yeah, was it the, the they're always the libertarian like that's the thing I like about leftists is they because their whole like ideology is based in like community and commune. I don't agree with all of their ideologies, but like the way they can organize is so much better than libertarians because <laughs> libertarians just fucking hate each other and fight with each other all the time. You have to be lib- <laughs> you have to be libertarian. You're you're not libertarian enough, right? It's a lot like Oh the- yeah, they try all they all, they all just they're fighting about trying to out libertarian each other. It's like it's a lot like the limousine liberals, right? Oh yeah. You can't be same exact thing. The goalpost just keeps moving. Who's more uh woke than the next? So uh, this is something Corey and I are going to keep our eye on as far as uh protests in Europe. Uh, yeah, so it's so I think where we're going to see the general shift in this is going to be in the next couple of months. Right now uh um uh Ukraine is doing their their Kharkiv offensive or their Kyrgyzstan offensive. Mm-hmm. And so they're doing a really big push of trying to take back land that was taken from Russia or taken by Russia. If they if they succeed in this, then what we're going to see is a even bigger push from our establishment governments pumping money there, going, "We have to help, and we have to help." And you're going to see a huge narrative media narrative blitz about this. If they don't do good to the point where we can't hide it, like we did in Afghanistan, the public opinion on this is going to sway, and it's and people's uh, support is going to wane, and it's going to dwindle out, and then Russia is going to have a big old chunk of Ukraine. And just that's my prediction. Anyways, it's all, it's all going to be about this, uh, this care, care sound push. Yeah. I mean, just, just wait, just wait until, cause we've already had the issues with the wheat shortages and the food shortages. I mean, just wait until, just wait until this winter, just wait until this winter. So this, so let me have my opinion said what choice was given to Putin. They spent years antagonizing him and weren't willing to negotiate. You can't keep pushing NATO to Russia's doorstep and funnel weapons and billions of dollars to Azov terrorists and expect Russia to just sit there and take it. <clears throat> no, the old Azov, the old Nazis, Dan. Yeah. Um, again, back to my parables, <laughs> of course, parables. I should write a book. My, uh, my metaphor for, the uh, what Putin is doing is basically equivalent to like a school shooter where you can never justify what they did, but when they actually did it, all of a sudden everyone's talking about the context and going, Oh my god, the kid was bullied. How did we miss all this? <laughs> right? It's the same, same shit that's right. going on there. Is the shooter any sort of victim? No, he's not a fucking victim, he's a fucking terrible person for doing this. But the context of them doing this is important because then we can look at this and have a lesson learned from it and try to avoid it again. Well, didn't didn't we talk about this maybe about a month ago in historical context about war in general and about how e- each side obviously always thinks they're the good guy, right? In in every right. war, you always you always think you're fighting for freedom or or what have you, but you never have you never have uh, either side sitting back and considering their part in in war right and we and a, and a a great example was 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 we we used the uh um the european theater of world war ii right it looks pretty cut and dry right you get a a a, a right-wing nationalist named adolf hitler that comes to power basically decides to take over the world and if you look at it through that lens yeah that's bad that, w- that was true and that was really fucking bad for a lot of people however there is still the context of Weimar Germany and the uh, um, Treaty of Versailles after World War One. Like you, the West, still at least had a part 
in Hitler's rise from the from the very beginning. Now, yeah, you, every you, action you, has a you, consequence. You can you can brush that aside and say, well, how the hell could we have ever seen that coming? And I get that argument, but you still have to look at that and go, yeah, there was, uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we we had we had some. We, we we did some things maybe that we should well, have done. Yeah, to, you're, to you're right. And, and not Churchill. Uh, was it who was the president then? Under in World War One, is it Wilson? No, not Wilson. It was uh, Woodrow Wilson, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woodrow Wilson. He was the president at the time. And uh, thanks, Teddy Roosevelt. He was adamant about um, making it to where it was just a clean slate. We don't need to put Germany in this fucking shackles because it's just gonna create uh resentment and then we might see it again but then he got really sick from the spanish flu and got all timid and just wanted to go home and let the french president write the treaty of versailles basically and that's what led to that because france was pissed <laughs> justifiably Justifiably, <laughs> france was pissed so yeah i mean it, it's, it's there's just so much nuance to this right you can't you know recognize recognizing the west's uh part in this problem does not make you a Putin apologist. He, <laughs> I like, let me have my opinions. He goes, well, it's interesting. You mentioned school shooters since the Buffalo shooter had that same iconography all over his belonging as the, as as a but that's none of my business. And you know what? He probably bought it all on Amazon because Facebook and Amazon was allowing Nazi memorabilia to be sold to support the Azovs. <laughs> Not to not to mention, hey, let's he be, probably let's be got fair. those fucking emblems the day before from his Prime membership, and let's <laughs> hurry up and stick them on before he went and did his bullshit. And, and let's and let's be fair, watching him the whole goddamn time. We have to be fair. We cannot call we can we cannot call the Buffalo shooter a school shooter. Man, what did he? That was not a school. Shooter? That was a supermarket. But yeah, yeah. But you understand what I'm saying? Like it's. I was just being. That's I was just, be, I was just being online. Asshole for the Asaf Battalion because Nazis are good when they're fighting the Russians. I was just being an asshole. Uh, anyway, yeah, so Corey and I are definitely going to keep an eye on the uh, the protests in Europe, see where this kind of goes because I'm interested. I think everybody wants this conflict to be over. It's causing a headache all around the fucking world. Yeah, and, yeah. and, 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 and Putin played the hand kind of right, man. He just cut off uh, the Nord Stream 1 pipeline again. He mm-hmm. goes, well, you guys made sanctions. I cannot fix the turbines. <laughs> and so, but then he goes, but the Nord Stream 2 is ready to go. And Nord Stream 2 is the other one he built that's built with all Russian parts. So he can fucking be complete control of it. So, yeah, the rubles higher than it ever was. Russia's making a shit ton of money off of us, literally off of us, mm-hmm. because he's selling his oil to Saudi Arabia and they're mixing it with theirs to sell to us at market price and using their own oil is cheap to uh, power their own country. India's buying it. China's buying it. The UAE is buying it. They're not hurting. The people might be. But I read that in Moscow, they don't even realize a war is going on because they're keeping it a million miles away, just like we did with Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm. Uh, anyway. The EU is buying it. Yeah, they're still buying it. <laughs> I think all we have is uh, uh, White Miss Cleo. I think that's all we have left. <laughs> White Miss Cleo. <laughs> Look out, Cleo. Pelosi the psychic is Pelosi's. Oh, Pelosi's the psychic. Did you forget to put an apostrophe in there again? I changed that banner like four different times as I was fixing it. <laughs> you can't, I was writing I'm going to fix it for you. It's there's no uh, there's no extra s. It's Pelosi the psychic. 
I already fixed it. Oh, I gotcha. I thought you were trying to look put out, a, Cleo. I thought you were I trying to put, put a Miss Cleo. I thought you were trying to put a possessive in there. That's why I was confused. Pelosi, the psychic, is more clairvoyant than you, even without the fake accent. Mm. You remember Miss Cleo is like one of the things that like was her downfall as people found out she didn't have an accent. <laughs> or if anyone, it, so, wasn't she not even from the country she claimed to be from? I don't know. No, she was from she was from America. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know, Miss Cleo was this like back when cable TV was a thing. Uh, Miss Cleo was like that, like 12 p.m., 1 o'clock a.m. infomercial about a call-in psychic that you could call into and she could fix all your problems. And it was this black lady and she used to fake a Jamaican accent. Hey, it's yeah, Miss yeah, Cleo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to fix all of your problems. That's what it was, a Caribbean accent. Yeah. And then everyone found out it was fake and then it, <laughs> the commercials just stopped airing. Yeah. Th- so this... Uh... We now believe that the the, the Pelosi's uh, can can tell the future. However, this one confuses me a little bit, and I, I'll let you take the lead a little bit on this one, Corey, because I, I heard I heard I, I did hear about uh, the sell off of uh, the semiconductor chip maker Nvidia stock. Um, but then I'm reading everywhere that Paul Pelosi sold it off at a loss. So, and it was it was so- right, it was right before legislation came down. Fuck, we should have someone from like Wall Street's bats on here for this. So it's a <laughs> disclaimer, it's called, we don't actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> we don't know a lot of stocks, but it's called a call option. And so yeah. a call option is like a contract. I'm reading it off of Wikipedia right now. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's for you? A call option, often simply labeled a call, is a contract between the buyer and the seller of the call option to exchange a security at a set price. The buyer of the call option has the right, but not the option or the obligation to buy an agreed quantity of particular commodity or financial instrument from the seller of the option at a certain time, the expiration date for a certain price. So someone is, so someone is, oh fuck. I don't know. You try to make word of that. I'm going to try to read this again to figure it out because that is something I don't quite it. the 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 weird the weird thing about it is it was just another stock trade that took place prior to legislation involving that exact sector i mean i think regardless of how you look at that it's pretty like i've had this explained noteworthy. to me once before like you basically you you tell someone you give an expiration date like okay by at let's say three months from now i'm going to buy these stock from you at this price. And at three months from now, which is the expiration date, you can either cash it in or not. That's what it sounds like, right? Oh man, I'm going to have to, this is going to be a sloppy seconds next week, Dan, so we can explain call options. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do a little bit better job on this one next week. We just wanted to, we just wanted to throw it out there. You can, I mean, you can look at it yourself because Either way, it's it's always really interesting, especially now that everybody's paying really close attention to Pelosi's uh, uh, stock portfolio, or, or, or really, yeah. Oh, so sorry, what they did, Paul Pelosi's stock portfolio. So what he did basically was he bought stock. He bought the call option of the stock before the Chips Act was put in place, which boosted up the money of the shit that he bought. And then he sold it before uh, the U.S. government put into effect that uh, the people who like NVIDIA and stuff couldn't buy or couldn't sell their chips to China or Russia, I think. 
Right, which causes so their stocks which, dip, which, which causes the stock to dip. Right, and he sold it right before that. Mm-hmm. But he still sold it at a loss, which is the interesting part to me. But I think that's because he was fucking around with call options. But that lead led me into looking, going back to our buddies at Unusual Whales, and it's just basically I have a couple of little notes here from 2021, like the the trading of Congress in 2021, and listen to these little things. Mm, can't wait. The hundreds of millions of dollars have been exchanged on the stock market by elected officials in 2021 alone. In just equities, Congress bought and sold nearly $290 million throughout the year. In 2021, Congress beat the market. They all were up. None of them lost money. This report shows which sectors are preferred by each party and branch. Oftentimes, huge trade amounts should be a, could be attributed to one or two members. Before you continue... The uh, which sectors are preferred by each party and branch, you will see a lot, a lot of overlap there, which oh, yeah. which just speaks to the point of this uniparty works for the same goddamn people, which is why we do this show. I'm, I'm glad you said that, Dan, because <laughs> the very next bullet point, <laughs> big legislative events such as the infrastructure bill getting passed by the Senate were often preceded by politicians trading in the sectors affected. There were tons of unusual trades where politicians made millions of dollars. Congress has 45 days to disclose trades to the public. Sometimes they are late, and you can see a list of the disclosures here, which I'm on unusualwhales.com slash I am the Senate slash full. This is their article. But yeah, there's plenty of them who just don't report that money, and there's no oversight to catch them doing it, and they don't get in any trouble for it. Some politicians held securities in the sectors they vocally expressed support for, such as senators holding cryptocurrencies while drafting crypto regulations. And there's just millions of other things like this. Like, like Gary Peters has a ton of money in Raytheon and all these military industrial complex stocks, including private prisons, I believe. And then he's also in charge of the board that's to oversee <clears throat> different legislations that come to the floor and right now there's a bunch of stock act stuff that are trying to make it to where stock people in congress can't pass stock or can't operate in the stock market and the people who are doing just that are stifling that bill from getting to the floor interesting interesting isn't that interesting yeah isn't that interesting dan yeah because it's the fucking establishment and it's it's republicans and it's democrats and this is just like this is this is proof it's been around for a while but it, I think the stock act talked is, is what really got, got it started. No, hate, hate about. trick. That's exactly what it is. Insider trading. And like right now there's a bunch of like people in the house and the Senate uh, in, in a partisan fashion, crossing the aisle, trying to get work together to make bills to pass, to make it to where people in those two branches of the garden, the two houses in the branch of the government can't do it. But the establishment and the big wigs at the top are basically stifling it and not letting it happen. Yeah, these two parties were Dan Crenshaw too. Dan Crenshaw is one of the biggest fucking uh, uh, violators of this yeah. shit. The, these these two parties <clears throat> these two parties work for the same people, and we are also seeing for anybody that still thinks that you know the uh, I'm not I don't I don't want to disparage people or use the wrong word, so I'm not going to use the same verbiage that Joe Biden likes to use. But the we'll, we'll call it the lawmakers that uh, are. Very very, very, very tight with Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump's supposed to be this anti-establishment person. 
uh, these people are involved too, and involved pretty heavily. Your Mar- oh yeah, your, Mar- your Marjorie Taylor Greens, your Lauren Boberts, all those. people. Oh, they have. So- they're making so much money hand over fist over bullshit. Dan Crenshaw, and you can Dan find it. Feinstein, Pelosi, um, who is a couple other going uh, cinema mansion. You could go back and forth. Just you know, like, yeah, that, and that's what fucking kills me, Dan. Mm-hmm. Is and I'll say it again. Both sides vilify the other side so bad that they make their constituents focus on the enemy on the other side while they're over there like coddling them going, I'll protect you and keep everything going great. And then the other side's doing the exact same thing. And when everyone's in their camps and they're voting the same people in over and over again, nothing changes. And these people who are voting for their own people who are doing the same shit as the people that they hate. And it's the same thing on both sides that they're both sitting there going, oh, why can't this just fucking change? And then the guys are going, oh, we can help you. And yeah, then yeah. they're doing the same shit. You know, point, and it's just two wings of the same fucking bird. Point your sword swords at each other so you're not pointing them at us. And um, abortion is a big weapon that's been used lately, right? So I, I actually wonder what Republicans are going to do. Well, no, that's that's not true because they have, they have ways in which they can go. But what I was going to say is, uh, I wonder what I was going to wonder what Republicans could can do now that they actually got Roe overturned, but they can take the next step and say, "Hey, vote for us, vote for us, vote for us. We'll make abortion illegal nationwide." So they do have another step they can take. Meanwhile, on the other side, you have Democrats going, "Oh my God, Roe was overturned. You better vote for us so we can save your abortion rights." So we won't do anything about <laughs> yeah, it like yeah, we did in the last yeah, three yeah, times. Yeah, we had the majority yeah. of everything. Oh, yeah, Democrats! No. Democrats love the fact, or at least I, I shouldn't say Democrats, but Democratic politicians love the fact that Roe is overturned. They love it. Oh, yeah. It, it, they love it. It's, what, it's what's going to keep their Senate. They might lose the House, though, but they're probably going to keep the Senate. Oh, thank God they have a reason to vote for us again. That's all oh, it is. Oh, thank it's God. So, anyway, did you have anything else? Did we miss anything? I don't think we did miss anything. No. Uh, hey, Trek, uh, let me have my opinions. Make sure to uh, subscribe to the page. We do this every Thursday, and then we post stuff on our Instagram pages and stuff every day. And the Find us on your favorite out. podcast platforms. Found on your favorite lo- found on your favorite podcast platforms. The conservative podcast is found on all social media podcast platforms. Our website is podpage.com slash conservative. We can be found on Observative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. You can find our transcripts at Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. And our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. You can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. I can't tell uh, if you were trying to do Harry Carey or Jimmy Stewart. I was just doing my best. That's what I was doing, Dan. <laughs> a, little bit, a little bit of old. Why are there so many ostriches? <laughs> Why are there so many ostriches? Uh, yeah. And until next time, he's been Corey Walsh. And he has been Dan Griffin. This has been Libservative. And until next time, we are out of here. We the people cannot turn back.